Welcome to the podcast of the Global Mobility Project at Ohio State University. My name is Jana Hashemova, professor and chair of the Department of Slavic and East European Languages and Cultures here at Ohio State. The Global Mobility Project integrates the insights of the arts, humanities, and social sciences to facilitate a conversation of how local culture and individual decision-making inform and reflect the complex global forces behind mobility. During 2017 and 18 school year, we will be hosting a lecture series on the topic of immigrants and refugees' comparative experiences. Today's guest is Tomislav Lunginovic. He is Professor of Slavic, Comparative Literature and Visual Culture at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and published fiction writer in both English and his native Serbo-Croatian. He is currently a senior fellow at the Institute for Research in the Humanities and his academic books include Borderline Culture, 1993 and Vampire Nation, 2011. He is completing a book manuscript entitled The Secret of Translation, Emerging Border Cultures. At Ohio State, he is giving a talk entitled The Balkan Root, Space, Translation, Imagination. This is the first question I would like to address to Toma. A world without borders seemed certain with the end of the Cold War. Yet today, there are more than 65 million refugees and 253 million migrants Worldwide. What is the role of the humanities and arts in addressing this global challenge? The role of the arts and humanities is very important in understanding the life of migrants and the general problem of mobility. Because arts and humanities deal with imagination and oftentimes social sciences deal only with what we may call rational behavior scientific charts, statistics, and so on and so forth. And when we account for space and the space that the migrant is moving through, we should also think about how that space is imagined, especially with the switching of codes and languages that the migrants have to go through. So the space in that sense is not only a space of physical movement, it is also a space of imagination. And my work is really referring to that space as an intersection between the psychic space on the one hand and physical space on the other. How are these spaces imagined by the migrants? How do they experience them? Is it really traumatic experience? Is it enriching experience? And you know, how can we from the humanities and art side help in understanding the issue holistically rather than just through a number of refugees that move through these spaces rather than just taking them as statistical data. So I think that the role of humanities and arts is crucial in supplementing really the knowledges that are generated by social sciences. Thank you. And this leads me to the second question. There are complex reasons why people are on the move, from war and violence to economic insecurity to environmental change. Based on your research on cultural translation, What does it mean to leave home? Leaving home is a question that can be answered in, of course, many different ways. And, you know, to a certain extent, it's an overdetermined question, which means that people leave because they have to. People also leave because they want to. And some people are forced to leave, obviously, because of war and violence. And this is one of the major 
uh, things that contributed to our focus on studying, you know, migration cultures, uh, the 2015 refugee crisis that has affected Europe in a disproportional extent. It is interesting that there are many more migrants and migrations happening in the other parts of the world, but we did not pay attention to it until it actually hit Europe, the you know sort of center of uh, Eurocentric thinking and you know the center of our Western civilization. So it is for those many reasons, and we have, of course, as you mentioned, economic migration, where people obviously live due to some sort of structural violence caused by globalization and the economy, where they can no longer sustain a life in their homes and are seeking better life. War and violence are the other ones, and people who would never probably leave home uh, are forced to leave home and try to make do as migrants wherever they are sent. And, you know, we also have kind of an in-between of those people who go back, what we may call trans-migrants, people who go back and forth within the, you know, from the place that they call home and the place in which they earn money. We have a long history of that in the poorer countries of Europe with the tradition of gastarbeiters who went to primarily Germany, but also France and other more developed Western countries who go back and forth between the home and the place of their work, send remittances back and forge a kind of relationship between the place of origin and place of destiny in many ways. So it's a very complex question why people leave home. And it also raises the question of how do we define home in general, because it seems that home in the globalizing universe becomes a multiple location and home becomes maybe the place in which a, a person feels most comfortable rather than the place of origin. Thank you again. And my last question, the influx of refugees and immigrants in Europe and the USA has caused much debate in recent years, even though the largest number of newcomers worldwide is not in the West. And you just mentioned that, that now it finally, I mean, somehow caught our attention. Based on your work, how do communities accept newcomers? What are some of the requirements for a successful integration of the newcomers in the host society? This, of course, is the most difficult question because we wouldn't really you know, study this if the transition was smooth and humans were feeling that there is no barrier to interaction between different cultural and religious traditions. But of course, because the mass movement of immigrants has happened in Europe, we are kind of forcing this question of cultural boundaries and assimilation and integration. And I would say that there are many levels to answering the question. And on the most uh, common level of human interaction, there is obviously acceptance and understanding of, of the refugee issue. On the other hand, I think there is a radical minority of people who do not accept strangers in their midst, as uh, Julia Kristeva would say. They are trying to form political platforms and political agendas, you know, based on rejecting the immigrant. And in that way, strengthening the right-wing political parties within Europe, which actually we have seen happening over the last three or four years. So it seems that on the most common level, people are very accepting, especially people who themselves went to the process of being refugees, as is the case in the former Yugoslavia. So they have an, a kind of intuitive understanding of what it means to be 
expelled from your home and not having a place to go and live a normal life. And for that reason, I think some of the requirements are that the host states really create a kind of acceptance programs in which issues like intercultural communication will come to the fore to see, you know, what are the issues and barriers that prevent effective communication between newcomers and local community to provide them with language programs, obviously with some basic social services as well, and attempt integration in that sense. So it is all a question whether the integration is going to be permanent or integration is just a temporary state as well, because I'm sure that many migrants who are displaced by the war long for their home and do not want to integrate that much. Also, the issue of trans migrants, people who just use basically the Balkan territories as a transition point and want to go to the uh, richer countries in the Western Europe, especially Germany and Austria, are in, you know encountering different types of issues when they're you know in the Balkans because they treat it just as a kind of empty space that they're just moving through. So it's also very interesting you know set of issues that emerges there because most of them are actually moving through countries that are equally poor as the countries that they come from. Uh, so then I think there is also a kind of class uh, understanding between the people who are both impoverished and that are actually used to sharing the little that they have. Thank you. Thank you very much, Toma, for your willingness to share your research and your thoughts with us. Thanks. Thank you very much for having me.